0: everyone welcome to another episode of customer success talks real challenges experts advice and today we have a special episode a little bit different at as what you're used to but it's still full of insights and uh fun that we're gonna have today with our uh, guest Naf is not able to join us today as he's on vacation and i was not patient enough to wait for him sorry nav but um, you all are here and uh, we're ready to start today's episode, which is titled Cracking the Code, Navigating the Customer Success Hiring Market. And for that, we have two special guests with a lot of uh, background, uh, I mean, experience. And um, one is a recruiter, passionate about customer success. And we have the, uh, our guests as well, the other guests on the other side of the table, who has been a customer success manager since even That was the title. But who are we talking about? Just a second. Be patient. Because first, we're going to start with Jean-Marie Chiraldi. Um, And like I said, she has been a customer success manager since this was even called like that. And I love that. Um, She started in the early 2000s and so uh, have around two decades, a little bit more uh, of experience in customer facing roles. During that time, she had led multiple customer success teams and has been part of multiple hiring process since 2000. Jen marie thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you, Piron. It's great to see you. Same, same. Great to see you. And um, yeah, we have our second guest as well, Jean-Marie. We're not alone. And our second guest is Luke Bartram. He has 14 years of recruitment experience, 14 years. Perfect for what we're going to talk about today. And um, as a recruiter manager, he has a role as recruiter manager, head of recruitment, and now a founder of ABR, a company that helps organizations find the right customer success talent. This is today an episode full of success here from both sides. Look, thank you so much for being here with us today as well.
1: Thanks for having me. Great to see you guys.
0: Yeah, let's start because we have different perspective here. We have the recruitment side, we have the customer success mind and the candidate side of things. And that's why today's special episode, because it's going to be divided in two parts. First, one we're going to talk about is the hiring process broken. And on the second one, we're going to focus about more into recommendation and strategies that our guests can give us to find that dream job especially nowadays which is the market is uh it's really complicated uh, as it is so let's start with the first challenge which is uh focusing more into the economic and the market side of things why is it so complicated right now why is the um, landscape of finding a job in the hiring as a customer success manager has been so complicated? Not only with experience, but also without experience on both sides. There have been recessions and economy downturns that can make this uh, more competitive. Based on your experience and perception, what is happening nowadays in the market that it affects job searching and hiring?
1: Yeah, great question. And it It starts by kind of rewinding, I think, back to 2022. And I I call that the year of kind of almost post-COVID euphoria. Mm -hmm. And um, don't get me wrong, COVID was still very much a thing. But we had a year of almost a bounce back. There was a lot of suppression during COVID. And money just wasn't being spent at the same rate. And when we came out the back of that, VCs, investors were well, hell for leather, really, and, and really pushing on and investing in tech businesses. Um, people were spending more money, so companies wanted to add more tech to their stack to start you know, really kind of pushing on from their side, whether it was marketing technology, new business, or you know, HR tech certainly saw a boom um, post-COVID because remote working then became a, a massive piece of the puzzle. So we had this this year of just hiring was at an all-time high, there weren't enough people to fulfill the requirements. Customer success managers were getting approached left, right and center by recruiters, directly by businesses. And it was just a really great time to be a recruiter, I think, in, in kind of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I speak from experience. And then we kind of moved into to a new year. And I think October, November of 2022, you started to see things slow down. We certainly started to feel a pinch in the economy. Uh, subsequent wars started taking place. There was just a lot of a lot of negative sentiment moving into the year and companies started looking at that and, and, and reacting and redundancies happened. Companies stopped spending money. There was a lot of nervousness. And what then happened is that that supply demand shift of talent went from, there's no one to fulfill these roles to, Oh my God, there's so many people and we don't need to hire at the moment. So the market was flooded with talent um, and don't get me wrong, there there were probably companies capitalizing on the opportunity to maybe trim the fat with some underperformance in the business. It always happens. But the 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 general sentiment last year was a lot of redundancies, not enough roles, lots of people looking, lots of frustration. And I think where we are today, so kind of fast forward to today, things kind of bottomed out middle to I'd say Q3 calendar year last year, and they're now starting to, I don't really, to necessarily use the word recover because i think there's still some 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 way to go yet yeah, and there are still lots of things that could happen but it certainly feels from our side the conversations we're having the roles we're onboarding, that there is a shift and it's becoming more difficult for companies to find great people which is a good that's indicator right. that the market is starting to um improve not recover <laughs> so i'd say that's 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 kind of where we are that's my thoughts mm-hmm. on it right now
2: I can't go all the way back to um to 2022 like Luke did um, yeah. to talk about this. That was a great explanation, Luke. But I think for right now, you're going to continue to see um, some slowdown in job growth, just given the economic uncertainty, especially here in the mm-hmm. States, right? Things are just, I think people are still just a little bit uneasy, right? And and we have here at least, uh, you know, a tremendous um uh, maybe not tremendous, but a big cost of living increase. So that puts a lot of pressure on on people looking for work, right? Who who now, that impacts their salary, right? Maybe they, they were willing to work for, I'll just pick a number, $50,000. Now, given where we are with the cost of living, they need 60 or 65, right? And then the same thing happens on the company side, right? They were willing to pay 50, right? But now, uh uh people looking for candidates are looking for more for six or 65 just given the cost of living so I'm not sure I completely agree that we're we're coming out of it yet I think 2024 is the at least the first half is going to be tough um but but stick with it I think I think I' I'll, I'll say this I think things are improving I think we have a ways to go I think they're certainly better than they were last year
0: wouldn't be a benefit that um companies are now, believing a little bit more in customer success, understanding what is customer success, implementing customer success, wouldn't that be something positive for today's market to have more options out there? Or it's just not related to?
2: I think you can't overstate the impact of, of economics and the cost of living. Mm-hmm. I think regardless of, of how companies feel about customer success, the, the economic downturn, at least in the US, is having a tremendous impact on hiring. Wow.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that's that's seen in the UK as well. When, when you see a downturn, companies react quite quickly for short-term solutions. So they want quick results. And typically that comes from new business acquisition, as opposed to perhaps longer tail retention strategies that don't necessarily see immediate results. So sometimes, rightly or wrongly, Dispersing some of the CS team and spreading the load, although it's increasing the pressure on your current team, it's a, an easier strategy for a business. It's more palatable than adding more headcount for something that maybe comes later in terms of growth renewals, etc. I think that's potentially why we don't see a, a kind of uptake.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this is going a little bit off topic, run So stop me if I'm if I'm uh, <laughs> if I'm changing the topic too quickly. But I think you bring up a really good point, Luke, and that is that the the customer success department is not revenue generating, right? We're not sales. We're revenue protecting, mm-hmm. right? We're revenue saving, but we're not revenue generating. So if a customer, if a if a company is a little bit short sighted or they get too keyed into revenue generating, the CS team is often the first one. Uh, to experience cuts. And it's unfortunate because the CS team is really what is saving your revenue, right? You're protecting what's already in the, in the house. And that's a big deal.
1: Yeah. I think as well, that, that kind of rewinds back to the point of this euphoria in 2022, there was this rush to hire. Perhaps the educational piece wasn't quite there yet for what impact customer success will have longer term within the organization. So money comes in people chase the next shiny thing if it's not software it's certain skill sets and certain people and if you're not seeing immediate value because you haven't perhaps roadmapped what the return is going to look like from that team it's 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 difficult to justify value to the board of investors as to what these people are actually doing in the business if if there's not quantifiable metrics and we've seen that a lot and i'd certainly say from a candidate perspective perspective when speaking to individuals it's really important that they own and understand their metrics and mm-hmm. if they can't then sometimes fundamentally that's where one of the challenges have has kind of come from within their position so yes yeah, so it's a really interesting point really interesting point we could probably go off on a, a real tangent about that and we <laughs> about...
0: probably could. oh but it's it, this is amazing because it's given a really a eagle eye perspective or helicopter perspective of what is going on nowadays uh at least as when we're recording January 2024, and um, gives give also the perspective of those who might who might think about pursuing a new career in customer success to actually be prepared to what is coming. And for those who like me, who are looking for something actively right now, um, understand better what is going on. And it's not some it's not only that uh, because our 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 role as a candidate it, it means a lot as well. We have to do a lot of our homework. We have to commit yeah. to to each interview. But then sometimes it's maybe this motivating, seeing all of what is going on. So it's good to understand and hearing both perspectives of what is going on to see, okay, so it's, uh, it's my work as well, but this is the conditions that are, are happening now. That's a good opening for the second challenge. The second challenge of the date of part number one is actually a hiring structure, not a well-defined hiring structure. And me as a candidate, I have seen that um, when when applying and going through all the phases as well, that sometimes there's a a little bit of confusion internally and that um, we can see even from the outside. And job, uh, no clear job roles, responsibilities, onboarding processes are critical components for the hiring process as well. Many companies, especially startups, of course, or those hiring customer success managers for the first time can struggle with establishing a clear hiring structure. And here, if if I'm not mistaken, look, is where your company comes into place, right, to help those companies build that that hiring structure. So I want to start with you again, the question that I have from your experience. How do unclear expectations from internal teams affect the recruitment and the onboarding of customer success professionals like what steps can organization organization actually take yeah. to ensure that the expectations and everything is well designed and consistent?
1: Yeah, so I think first and foremost, I guess to explain um yeah. the way our business operates. So we are we're a recruitment business within the mm-hmm. UK, right? But where we go a little bit further is because I come from a background of internal recruitment. I've helped build internal recruitment teams for tech businesses as a head of internal recruitment we can offer perspective so we've worked client side so we we understand the challenges of you know onboarding and retention and 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 getting that bit wrong and the longer term impact that can have not just on retaining that individual but also retaining your customers when hiring customer success you Mm -hmm. put the wrong people with your customers it's a negative impact all around right yeah i think where companies sometimes get it wrong it's it's really down to defining what impact this role is going to have within the organization. And it probably goes back to what I said earlier about hiring for the role, not hiring almost for what the role is going to impact in the business. So, you know, when you, when you hire a salesperson, it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Right. We need to generate an extra half a million pounds of revenue this year from new business acquisition. So we need a BDM to do that. And you have marketing, marketing, You know how many leads they're going to generate to to fuel that person. You have an SDR team. It all feels really well-defined. And sometimes with CS, the roles are very... You're going to look after a book of enterprise customers. They don't really focus on what value metrics are going to plug into that. So I think first and foremost, the numbers are going to be different for each organization. So I don't want to state some generic facts and figures, but I think um, Jean-Marie can definitely maybe talk about your organization and what what metrics would be important to you. But I think have some very clear success metrics that that individual is going to work towards. And then you can kind of reverse engineer it when searching for them. When you go to market, you've got a really clear profile beyond a generic job description of someone that's managed a book of business because you could take anyone from account management, maybe a sales crossover role. But if you want someone that's truly embedded in CS, you need to have those outcomes to find before you even go to market. Right. So I think that's that's really important. And from a, an internal perspective, they need to be very clear about the impact this person's going to have on the business. And that will enable them to support that individual when they come in, because customer success is it's not an isolated function. And and, and obviously, I'm biased because it's the area that I focus in on. But I feel like it's certainly the spine of a business and it's connected to every element in the organization from uh, product, you know, giving feedback from the customer's mouth about the product, uh, you know, new features and benefits that might add value, the support team, you know, what are we hearing frequently from support? What are the constant challenges? Yeah. So I I think it's you know really important that the value of the team is sold into the business through the leader that's heading up that function. So that that would be my kind of my kind of two P's worth on that. It's
0: so amazing. Amazing. Really really into the what is going on right now. Um, and of course, we have two perspectives. We have um the UK and the US. And but this still can apply to a lot of what is going on in general, of course. And Jean-Marie, I'm really curious to hear your perspective on this one.
2: So I, I think the last thing you said, Luke, was was I think everything you said was right, but the last thing really rang true for me, which is that the the CS team has influence and impact throughout the company, right? It affects sales. It affects product, it affects marketing, it affects support, it affects engineering, right? All of these things come into play with CS. So it's really important when you're talking about hiring for CS, it's really important to get buy-in or alignment from all of those teams, right? What are their expectations? Um, What are they looking for? Not that you're necessarily gonna hire exactly the person who engineering wants, but understanding The alignment between engineering and CS is really important so that you factor that into that hiring process. Um, I think some of the challenges that we see are, are, um, you know, attracting the wrong talent. If your job description is vague or unclear, you're going to get someone that fits maybe a piece of the, I'm a a New Yorker by trade, so my hands are coming up. I should probably put, (laughs) (laughs) sorry about that. you know, attracting the wrong talent, and and that happens when your job descriptions are weak or unclear. Um, that that's a huge mistake. Um, not taking company culture into into account. I, I think company culture is probably for me the number one most important thing is making sure the person you're hiring fits your culture. Because if they mm-hmm. don't, it it can unbalance the whole company right um uh so i think that's a big deal and and really understanding the expectations um for hiring now in terms of of mistakes that that i think i think you asked about mistakes too that companies make yeah. i think onboarding is really critical so Just like onboarding your customers to your product is is critical, it is really important that you onboard your candidates into your company, right? there, You need to watch out for confusion or frustration or um, misunderstandings, right? Not knowing, really understanding customer success, right? I, I take care of customers. I have a book of business that I manage, but understanding what that means, right? It's not a phone call once a week or, you know, taking some notes and filling out a spreadsheet. It is really um, being your advocate for your client. What does customer success mean to your company and and hiring the right person who's going to fill that
0: role? Amazing. Um, Look, were you going to say something?
1: No, I was actually taking notes and just agreeing. I think it's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So anyone listening to this pause, go back and replay because all of these uh, insights given by Luke and Jean-Marie are really, really important um, to keep. Um, I, I, I always say that our podcast is aiming to people transitioning to customer success and customer success managers. But if there's anyone from leadership as well, hearing this, or even an individual contributor, getting the, having this idea can even improve the existing processes that you're having in your company. Um, like making sure that you have the right talent. And the alignment between teams is really, really important. But I'm I'm wondering because when I apply to different jobs, I always see that there are are at least three to five stages, talking to four, five that four, five people into tasks. Is the is that long process because of how complicated it is nowadays to find a job related to, or is it just because companies really want to make sure they hire the right person? Uh, I'm wondering if this is actually a best practice to have to have that long process that sometimes takes even four weeks and so much energy from candidates.
2: I went to work for a company a few years ago, and mm. the hiring process went from the interview process yeah. took from October to May. Wow, October to May. I was an individual contributor. I was not a manager. I wasn't a senior manager. I wasn't a director. Wasn't a vice president. Wasn't an assistant vice president. It was, I was a CSM, not even a senior CSM. Took from October to May. I must have had, I've lost count now, but I think it was like seven or nine interviews with different people. I think that's that's borderline criminal to put a candidate through that. I think it's unnecessary. Yeah. I think it is um, I think it's it's pointless. Um, another job I interviewed for, um, I talked to three different people and it took maybe two weeks. I think that's normal, right? Talk to the person who's going to hire you. Talk to maybe, depending on the size of the company, right? The CEO or, um, you know, a leadership, someone in leadership. And uh, maybe talk to the support team, right? Because you interact with support a lot. Beyond that, um, and the only person really who's checking for skills should be that manager, right? The rest of the interviews should be cultural fit, in my opinion. Yep. So, you know, I can see three people, four people, maybe cultural fit, maybe a, maybe a, a personality test, you know,
1: those yeah. personality
2: tests, you know, if you have to do those fine, right. They're interesting. I don't put a ton of stock in them, but they're there's some truth to them, but there is no reason to put a candidate through four, six weeks, months, of interviewing at at an individual. I don't think it's necessary at any stage, but especially an individual contributor. It just shouldn't happen.
1: Yeah, agreed. And I think to to jump in on that, companies are probably just a bit more risk-averse at the moment when it comes to hiring. And I I believe the commitment to hire is there. They're just nervous about getting it wrong because the leader is probably, turn that down, that the leader in the organization has pressure to get this right now because there is a bit of a spotlight on customer success and what value it's bringing to certain organizations. And I, I do th- not, not to go off on a tangent. I do think the understanding has come forward so much in the last couple of years, but there is still a spotlight because of where we are economically, etc. the things we discussed earlier. So talking about the hiring process, we're, I'd say we're fairly strict in terms of how we operate as a recruitment business. When we start to talk to organizations that, that have, really lengthy processes without really a reason behind it. Just, you know, we want to get this right. It's quite concerning and they're the types of businesses we wouldn't engage or work with. We would work with them to improve and show value, but we certainly wouldn't put a candidate through a, an eight, 10 stage process. I and mean, I've seen worse, I've seen 12 plus stages and there's, wow. there's some really well documented bits on LinkedIn uh, of a certain company that just, their, their process is insane. Um, anyway moving on from that but my my sweet spot I think what works really well for businesses and I, I agree with um, G Marie is having probably two to three stages over two to four weeks depending on kind of diary availability alignment we always say two to four weeks is the sweet spot of filling a position and that first call is almost a chat with the manager I always think that's the best cultural alignment you can get it's just to have a conversation around your background experience expectations and it's a two-way session to see if you gel with that person now can I see myself managing this person can I see myself working for this leader and then I think it needs to get into more of a formalized process and depending on the opportunity and the level I think a skills assessment isn't necessarily a bad thing but not a labor intensive go away here's what we we're looking to do this year we want you to build a 30 60 90 day plan we want all of your insights and analytics and um you know hours of investment when really it should just be take a scenario you've worked to before close link to what we do and then present it back to us maybe qbrs are a really important part of the role um it's something you want to really increase in your business and you want to see someone you know how they deliver a qbr So do that based on a scenario that you've done previously, bring that in and present that because it's testing how they present, how they come across, how they look at data, how they deliver that feedback in a comfortable non role play setting, because it's based on live data. And we don't need to talk about hiding client information. Like they'll do that naturally. But I think that's the type of interview process that makes sense. And it goes back to, defining what you're looking for within the organization if you know the outcomes this person's going to deliver within the business the value they're going to add like build your process around that because that's what you're recruiting for not a generic job description because every customer success manager you speak to unless they're completely tech touch and they don't speak to customers they're going to interact with businesses right so be really particular we want an enterprise csm that's used to managing excise accounts they're they're focused on, you know, delivering fantastic QBRs. You'll be meeting yep. your customers on a monthly basis. You'll be traveling here. You'll be working on a high tech platform. Give really defined information that they can then relate to and deliver a really exceptional interview. And I think that's that's the bit that that we need to focus on, not yep. you know, generic long interviews, because you don't really know what you're looking to hire. So just bring loads of people into the process to 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 elongate what needs to be two to three stages maximum.
0: I mean, as long as, as as it goes, there's possibilities to lose the candidate as well. Absolutely,
1: yeah. But I think that that's probably one of the 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 challenges right now, where there is perhaps uh, a perception, mm-hmm. and it's a false perception in a lot of cases, where there's just a lot more people on the market. Clients want to test; they want to put people through more processes because it enables others to enter to, and I I use a lot of analogies but if you I always say to businesses if you're interviewing someone you really like yeah then why elongate that process because the good feeling starts to disappear and it's a little bit like dating there comes a point <laughs> when you're dating yeah when there's someone you're really into that you you either commit to or you continue dating. But at that point, you're going to destroy (laughs) your chances of that becoming a permanent thing. So you have to stop and commit. And if you don't commit, you have to be prepared to lose that opportunity and um it's probably not the best analogy but <laughs> no i was going
0: to ask should we give the kiss on the first date or not i was just about um
1: to... <laughs> i think no and and actually if you relate that to a position right a a, a job opportunity then um <laughs> just to be clear then <laughs> kissing on the first date offering the job immediately yeah i if i was the candidate i'd be nervous about that it's a bit keen isn't it So I think Mm -hmm. you still, And we. it's funny, some businesses will say, we love this person. We just, we want to offer them the role and our immediate feedback, maybe 10 years ago as a recruiter, I would have just gone fantastic. I'm going to call them and offer them the job. But as I've got a bit older and wiser in recruitment, I know that this is very much a two-way process and it's important that both sides sound each other out and they both organically reach a point of, I can really see myself working here and actually this person would, be fantastic for us. So we would prefer to encourage a business to at least have two stages, and cross company interaction as opposed to just a quick, yeah, they're fantastic because they're ticking a lot of boxes. Um, Which might be to my downfall sometimes. (laughs) Look, thank you so much for those insights. I have a
0: question for, I have another question. Of course, I always have questions. I'm so curious because um, this is a really interesting topic to talk about. And when when hiring someone who is junior versus hiring someone who is aiming for leadership or or has already experienced before, the the playground changes a little bit, right? Jean-Marie, in your case, um, how does it change uh, when it comes to the description of the job to um, when it comes to the faces of of that as well, just to give a general picture for those transitioning to and those who are aiming to have something more in the future.
2: That's a tough question. I, you know, the the process is largely the same, right? Whether you're hiring a junior person or a senior person, your 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 job description has to be, you know, detailed. It has to be. Um, uh, Clear and concise, you can't use, you know, overly technical words, you know, API, CRM, SAS, these are words people understand, but it needs to be not filled with these acronyms, right? Um, I think that the challenge is really around how candidates present themselves and, and what has to happen. Now, a senior candidate going for a senior job probably has uh, you know an easier time right i think a, a junior candidate going for a position is is tough today um i know that's the case for you being on right I, I it's hard I, I i don't think this is the case with you specifically but sometimes you get candidates who just think you know i deserve the job right
1: yeah. i've
2: thought about being a csm and so you know now i'm going to be a csm right it's not that easy. You, you don't just, a, a CSM, a customer success manager is really by definition, a senior role. You mm-hmm. really don't come out of college and find, you know, your first job as a CSM because yeah. you need customer support experience, You need customer service experience, you need to know how to talk to customers. You need to know how to, you know, meet a deadline and, Uh, you know, um, create presentations and provide QPRs. These are things that you don't inherently know at 22 or 23 years old. So generally CSM positions are for, uh, I hate to use the word older, but older professionals, right? That doesn't mean you can't break into the CSM role. I think you can, but you have to have some, client-facing experience, right? Yeah. And and you have to be willing to do the work to get the job, right? That means understanding the company you're going to go interview with, right? Understanding the people you're interviewing, right? Read their LinkedIn profile. Look up what other companies they worked in. What did they do there? What were their roles? What groups are they in on LinkedIn? What do they read? Who do they follow, right? What does the company follow? What other... Companies, does that company follow? What does that CEO do, right? It can be hours of prep work that you have to do. Candidates can't walk into a position and think, you know, I have a 3.8, a 4.0 coming out of college, right? They should hire me. It just, it just doesn't work that way anymore. Um, you really have to do your homework. And even senior people have to do the homework, right? You have to Understand who you're interviewing with, understand the company you're interviewing for, and then have examples, right? My, the best interviews I've ever had were where people said to me, you know, tell me about a time when X, right? Tell me about a time when a customer was really upset and how did you handle it? What did you do? Right? What was the outcome? Tell me about a time that you lost a customer. Why did they leave? How did that affect you? What did you do? Right. So, so if you don't have that experience, you can't talk to that, right? But there's a lot of ways even a junior person can say, well, I was working at Macy's, right? Or or uh Harrod's, I'm trying to think of a UK company, <laughs> right? And this customer came in and wanted to return something and didn't have a receipt and they were very upset. Right. If you can, if you can tie your story to something relevant. Right, that matters. Being able to think on your feet, um, all of that's very important. I'm not sure I completely answered your question. I think I got off on a little bit of a, of a tangent, so, but it's really important that both yeah. senior and junior people do their homework. It is not enough to read a job description and, and show up for an interview.
0: You know, I I, for no, it's, 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 I totally agree because it, what I'm here is being curious, being curious, and it doesn't matter if you're starting or you're are a president of customer success, director of. You need to be curious. Uh, Look, I think I interrupted you, right?
1: Um, all I was going to say: what we typically find when recruiting more senior positions, and even sometimes your kind of team leads, heads up to VP level, it becomes more of a a mutual conversation about yeah. the strategic direction of customer success within the business. So instead of filling a role, so a CSM will typically, in a larger team, form part of that structure, right? Whereas a leader will go in and help define and, and build and kind of ideate um, and deliver a, a strategy around what customer success is going to look like. So I think the, you know, the difference in almost like interview style is one is very much, okay, I need to show I'm capable to deliver as a customer success manager. So you relate back the types of companies you've managed, situational interview questions, that type of stuff. Leadership is more about where we can take things based on what we're getting from the two, three stages of interview that we, we've kind of gone through. And I think that's probably when we're talking, you know, 120 to kind of 200K salaries, when we start to get into the, you know, much punchier level, mm-hmm. the expectation for probably more of a strategic interview process comes into play. And you do need to start to see some of that road mapping earlier on. And I'm not talking about war and peace, everything being laid out. But the expectation changes a bit, I think, where um, seniors will start to, based on what I know today, this is where I would start to focus some energy Um, and it will be very high level. You know, it might be, okay, you've got 10,000 customers and we know that half of those are going to be tech touch. You don't have any tech touch um, sort of programs in place at the moment. So this is the stuff we would look at high level. So that, that type of thing, I think that's where the differences come in.
0: Yeah, yeah, amazing! I cannot end this first part with those uh, better than than what you're saying, Luke and Jean Marie as well. We have given a lot of really amazing insights into the market. It's like having it's, it's two spies in the market. <laughs> right now and just given all of what they have seen during a lot of years of experience and two different perspectives love this it's amazing but this is not ending yet it's just ending this first part which is titled is the hiring process broken well that will be something that you will you will determine with what we have talked today and now we're going to jump into the second part of of this episode